Welcome everyone to FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me as always is Kales. Hey, hey. Welcome back from vacation. How was your birthday trip to Las Vegas? It was glorious. Um, had a fun time. Uh, I know Vegas is a city of sin, but hey, there wasn't much sinning I did down there, I promise. Um, I was there just to eat good food, walk around, see some tourist attractions, and just be with my lovely girlfriend. Yeah, I saw some of your pictures. It looked like you guys were having a great time despite the ridiculous heat. Was it Was it over 100 degrees there? Oh, um, we were out. When we were out and about during midday, It was a hundred. it would get to 111 degrees. <laughs> Like, <laughs> literally, you'll be in your nice hotel room with the air conditioner, everything feeling good. And as soon as you walk out the door, the heat just hits you like a Mike Tyson's punch. It's like you're not even ready for it. But the last day I was there, I got used to it. But I really couldn't see myself living in in Las Vegas. I could I could visit, but I couldn't live there. I, could, I couldn't imagine it either. I almost texted you and was like, make sure you put 100 down for me on the Razorbacks to win the uh, March Madness tournament. <laughs> I, decided, I decided I'd leave you alone and let you celebrate and enjoy yourself. <laughs> well, listeners, we have uh, a couple movies for you this week to cover. The first one is going to be myself and Kales, and then the second one is actually going to be myself and my daughter, Ashlyn. Um, but we're going to go ahead and get started. Our format here on FF Plus, if you're not aware, is pretty straightforward. We'll start out by talking about what we liked about a movie. We'll mostly focus on the positive because that's what we like to do. We'll transition and we'll talk about anything that we didn't particularly like. And then we'll ultimately give you a recommendation about whether we think it's worth your time and money. Simple, short, and spoiler free. First film we have to talk about is Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms. This is a sequel to last year's animated film in this WB. I almost said DC, but it's like WB's <laughs> animated world. Uh, that one was called Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. The film stars the voice talents of Joel McHale, Jennifer Carpenter, Jordan Rodriguez, Patrick Seitz, Art Butler, Darren DePaul, Robin Atkin Downs, Dave B. Mitchell, Ike Amadi, Kevin Michael Richardson, Gray Griffin, and Fred Tatischiori. It is directed by Ethan Spaulding. It is written by Jeremy Adams and is based on the famous characters by Ed Boon and John Tobias. What's it about? The Earthrealm heroes must journey to Outworld and fight for the survival of their homeland. Invaded by the forces of evil warlord Shao Kahn, in the tournament to end all tournaments, the final Mortal Kombat. It's always a tournament. It's always a final tournament. Like, always. <laughs> never. <laughs> I've played like 15 of these games and it's always the last one. But... I mean, what are you going to do? That's how these stories work. So, Coles, uh, we were both big fans of the first film that they came out with last year. I remember it was notably extremely violent and extremely gory. It, it went, as the kids say, it went hard. And so uh, we were kind of, I think, prepared more so for what we were going to get in this one. We knew what to expect, which I think for me made for a little bit of a better experience overall and i really enjoyed it what stood out about this one what stood out to me was that there was a lot of flexibility when it came to the way we see violence in this film I and mean, we talked about it during when we were gushing and glowing over the live action film that was released earlier this year we liked that mortal kombat 
got away from being PG-13 and went into a hard R, you know, showing the blood, showing just really the damage that these fighters can do to each other due to their abilities. And in this animated film, you get that, but you get a lot more gory and graphic um, imagery in this film. There are times where you'll see when someone kicks somebody and you'll see the inside of their skull start to break apart. Or there's a moment where you see somebody shoot a, shoot a gun and a bullet and we see the bullet travel through the skin and go out. And other times we see people just being torn apart limb from limb. Like there is some really gory stuff. And I love it. <laughs> I love it because we grew up with the games and we, you even knew how it was on the Sega when you see the fatality and you'll see the guy get punched and get dropped down the spikes. It, well, now the new the new generation is even more just no holds barred and i love the no holds barred boundaries of the violence in this film you know especially animated where you can you know you have more control over how a person can move like a person can move with a lot more fluidity with a lot more like hey that's not a human kind of movement in the live action film you're kind of you're kind of hindered by what the actors and the stuntmen can do but in animation you can kind of just like go all over the place and it still works and you have these bursting colors and you have the costume design of the characters they look exactly what they look like on the game and you see the world like even the arena it's like almost like something out of gladiator just like this big mm-hmm. coliseum that's filled with like blood and body parts and people just cheering mad for violence like the aesthetic of this film is really nice to see yeah i i, I agree i think that's probably my favorite thing about it is just it feels like you're watching the video game being played by someone else is it's like it's like you're watching it on twitch and someone else is playing the game because you're right i couldn't agree more with you i I think that this ip will always shine more animated than it can ever shine in live action just because of the nature of what we're talking about here with how bloody and dark and destructive they are how gory it get it everything you said i agree completely with because they move differently you're talking about characters who just they're not normal (laughs) they're not realistic human beings and so because of those fantastical elements they're they're based on real martial arts right like that's kind of the, the the underlying idea of these characters superpowers as it were is that they can fight from a martial arts standpoint but everybody has something fantastical about them that is just, it becomes increasingly harder to do in live action in a way that will ever match this level of what you can get to. It will always feel reserved, no matter what you do, I think. And so I, I appreciated it. And I appreciated that it, it, it is essentially a movie that is fatality after fatality after fatality after fatality. Like, do not get attached because people die. And I, I kind of enjoyed that. I thought, you know, this is supposed to be a trilogy, I believe. And one of our friends who really loves this series, uh, his name's Curry Morris. I think he was telling us that they might actually transition into a, like a series, like a TV type episodic type thing, which would be really cool. But because it's a trilogy, like they're not holding back. They're killing people. And like that's what you want to see because, in, I mean, otherwise, what's the point? If you're not going to see the characters you know and love actually have fatalities done to them you can't just do fatalities on a bunch of lackeys it's meaningless it loses its power but when it's somebody you care about and you're like like oh crap 
that guy should not be able to be ripped in half, but he just did get ripped in half. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, there's something really appealing about that to me. But it is brutal. It is brutal and it is dark. It never stops. The characters, there are some strong character moments in this film. Now, we can get into it a little bit more probably for the dislikes as far as the character development. But I did like where the writing went to when it came to characters like Scorpion and Lord Raiden. We see Lord Raiden, he exemplifies a hero in this film. He is all about sacrifice. He's all about doing for the greater good. There's a moment in this film where Johnny Cage comes up to him where after he agrees to do the last Mortal Kombat tournament, Johnny Cage is like, well, why would we do this? Like, why can't we just go ahead and just continue this war? He's like, well, if we keep fighting this war, then our children's children are going to be still fighting and they're probably going to die. What's stopping us from keeping them out of harm's way and getting rid of this right now? Let's go ahead and just do the thing right now. And it speaks to how tomorrow's not really promised, how there, there are certain things that we can do to stop future problems from happening from occurring and reoccurring and we see that with Raiden he also loses his godlike powers in the film he becomes a mere mortal in order to help you know the people on earth realm to fight and I love that little bit of detail and I love how we get into Scorpion and how he is still feeling like tortured because you know he has revenge he's his revenge has filled his journey so far but now he sees that it's not really worth it and it majors into their conflict with Sub-Zero, where him and Sub-Zero have this battle, but eventually they come to a little bit of a common ground and understand that, hey, you know, we shouldn't be fighting each other. We should be trying to help one another. We should be doing something once again for the greater good. And it's those little bit of moments of heroism and thematic material that you didn't get in the live action film. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, I have my, I'm mixed of so mixed feelings on the whole character's development issues <laughs> on the positive side of my feelings i will say this to its credit is energetic from the start it goes it, it drops you in it never stops these are 80 minute thrill rides that, that's what makes them fun you know like we said fatalities those slow-mo effects that you mentioned are badass and i never got tired of them frankly um you know it's got a huge cast of characters so lots of different people get introduced on both sides of the fight like I said, but a lot of people die. To me, it felt like a video game where in the more recent Marvel Combat games, they, they tell a story when you're playing the career mode, essentially. And the way that story is told is you bounce back and forth. So what you do is you get like a cinematic and it is a piece of story. It's an interaction between some characters and a little bit of plot. And then it drops you into whatever it triggered a fight, right? And then you fight as those characters. And then something kind of happens in the plot in the next cinematic with some character development. And then you're, you know, it triggers another fight because that's what you're supposed to do in this game. It's a fighting game. This felt to me just like that. It was like little cinematic bit of character development and plot, big ass set piece full of fighting, little cinematic piece. And, it, you know, I, I almost don't want to criticize it because... What else should it feel like? I, I mean, I, I think there's a part of me that wants this deep, dark, or deeper, like, character-driven drama. And then there's a part of me that wonders if that even really fits in this world in the way that I maybe want it to. So, I, yeah, I, I can't criticize it too hard. Um, I also think that the voice cast is pretty freaking phenomenal. 
And I'll be fair, I did get to check out the uh, 4K copy of this on disc. So I'll go through some of the special features list here at the end. But one of them specifically is about the voice cast and just it, it's Joel McHale, it's Jennifer Carpenter, and they're talking about how they create these unique, compelling voice and voices for these larger than life characters. And you can tell the passion that goes into this. Like they care. They're not just there for a paycheck. Like they legitimately love being these characters. And it shines in those moments, you know, when they get to actually have some development of some sort. So yeah, I mean, it's a blast. So I, I guess we'll talk about what we don't like. And I, what does hold it back for me is two things. One is that character development that I'm I'm kind of praising, but also kind of part of me just wants a little more. It wants some depth. It's enough to drive the plot forward, but it's not enough to ever get me really latched into these characters and care about them, if that makes sense. Like, I, I enjoy watching them go through issues, but I never felt an emotional attachment to the point where, like, oh, I'm going to cry if X character dies. It's a it's a quick, oh, wow, cool, and then I'm I'm fine moving on with the next fight. The other bigger issue for me was just this movie does too much in 80 minutes. Like, the, there's a third act in this film that goes completely off the wall. And it's accurate for the games. I'm not going to say it's not because it is. And it, it, like, it looks like some of the more recent games and some of the fights. But, but it transitions between so many different kind of pieces of this lore that it, it's almost like they're going too fast. Because you would think, you know, the whole big thing is like this final Mortal Kombat tournament. And then there's a whole part of the movie that takes place after that that doesn't have anything really to do with that directly. And that was just, I feel like, honestly, Coles, I think like the normal average fan would have been just fine up through the, the Mortal Kombat tournament following this movie for the most part. That last part, they're going to be like, what? If you don't know who these characters are and what the heck is going on, they're going to just, it's going to be like, okay, that's really cool animation just kind of thrown at the screen. Looks neat, but what is happening? I don't know and I don't care. That was my real concern with it jumping on your train about the ending the ending just felt like it kind of wrapped up a little bit too fast if it makes sense like you get this tournament and then you get this whole another thing that comes up at the end i was like wait a minute i thought that there was a way that you could kind of take those last 12 minutes and make that your make that your next film make that your next sequel i thought that i wanted to explore more given with all these characters and what was going on in that last few minutes. And I feel like, like you said, if you're a normal person who's not really deep into the Mortal Kombat lore, then you're just going to bypass this and not even really think much of it. But like us, if you study, the, if you play the games, if you study the kind of lore behind it, then it's like, oh, well, I mean, you probably could have made this your next film or you probably could have kept it out because it has nothing to do with what, with the Battle of the Realms. It has nothing to do with exactly has been going on in this film so far. And also with the characters, I think there is a manner of this being almost like a suicide squad in a sense to where like, okay, we're going to try to give a couple of characters some moments, but the rest of these guys, you're just here to enjoy the ride with them. And if they die, they die cool. And if they live, they live cool. And it's kind of like, you kind of just don't, you're not supposed to really care. You're supposed to be, you're kind of supposed to be surprised if someone dies, but not really like, oh, like I'm really going to miss them. You're going to be like, wow, that was shocking, surprising. 
maybe that could be the case. I'm trying to defend it, but I see where you're coming from with the whole characters kind of weak. And yeah, there's a little bit too much going on. <laughs> Was there anything else or is that pretty much, I mean, we're just in the same boat as far as any sort of dislikes? Yeah, because for me, I think this film is a very good film and there's not really much to dislike about it. It's It does its job. It's a great bit of animated fun. And like you said, there's no way that Mortal Kombat can top this when it comes to a live action perspective. I think the live action film we got this year was the best version of what you can get from this legend and story. But the animation just takes it to a whole nother level because you can do so much more flex- flexible things when you have when you're able to draw it you know yeah i think and i think honestly the other part for me is just naturally i'm going to latch on to something that gives me that major dramatic foothold that that captures my attention it's what's going to stick with me going forward it's mm-hmm. going to drive me down the road to keep thinking about a movie after i watched it mortal kombat yeah. this film like battle of the realms is awesome it is a 90 minutes of awesome time watching it but it's it's in and it's out like it's there's plenty of films that are like this and i we're not by any means the kind of people who critique those and say that they're unworthy you know their movie that we're going to talk about next ashlyn and i is kind of in that boat it's really awesome i think it but it's it's a moment like it's not gonna leave something that's super lasting it's just like a really great experience and that's enough that's okay we need those so yeah, overall, yeah, very little to just you know nitpick through this one. Real quick, the special features that are included on the disc, there is one called, there's a featurette called The God and the Dragon Battling for the Earth Realm. This is a behind-the-scenes look at the creative process of making the movie. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, another one, Voices of Combat, that I mentioned, a featurette on the voice cast that I also really enjoyed. There's a gag reel. It's silly it's kind of funny i guess here and there if you're into gags i i kind of have a not really i don't care much about them honestly but some of them were kind of kind of and then it has an audio commentary which unfortunately because of time i haven't got a chance to listen to but i fully intend to because i love audio commentaries uh it's producer rick morales and screenwriter jeremy adams who are going to kind of walk you through the art of writing and animating the film as it goes so i'm actually really excited about watching this again with the commentary on, and it's always nice to get that with your package. So, with that said, would we recommend it? I'll tell you straight up, uh, I recommend buying it on disc if you're going to buy it, because it's essentially the same price if you buy it on VOD. It is available now for purchase. Why buy it digitally if you can buy the 4K disc and get the special features in the commentary and the digital copy with it? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all to just buy it digitally straight up because you're it's the same price. So, or if not, I mean, you might even be able to get it less, honestly, for the 4K uh, disc copy if you, you know, wait a little bit or catch it on a sale or something. But I think it's absolutely worth seeing. And unlike Batman The Long Halloween from earlier this year, <laughs> it, it, this one, you know, this works as a standalone 90-minute movie. It is something that I would rewatch multiple times so I, I give it a big thumbs up what about you it's getting another big thumbs up from me I, I say this film is like it's like when you take your date to red lobster you know you get there you eat some breadsticks you have a nice meal and hey you may forget it three weeks from now but in that moment you're just in love and that's what this film is and 
I <laughs> would definitely recommend people go and buy the 4K disc. I mean, I can understand for anybody who's only digital for convenience, this would be a nice purchase. But if you want the full experience, you want those special features in that commentary, get the 4K disc, spend some coin on it. It's worth it. I thought you were going to say, you know, and you love the meal and you get your lobster and then your lobster bites your head off in slow motion and rips your spine out of your back. Because <laughs> that, wow. that's the kind of uh, movie this is. Cool, man. Thank you. And for this second half of today's episode, I'm actually being joined by someone other than Colesse, because unfortunately, as many of you who are longtime listeners of the podcast know, Colesse is not a huge fan of musicals, which I guess on the fortunate side, leaves me the opportunity to talk about these movies with someone who is, and that someone is, once again, my daughter, Ashlyn White. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Good. I'm really glad for you to be here. This is our first time ever recording Not Together in Person, <laughs> so this is weird. It's yet another sign of you being grown up and on your own, <laughs> so I can't dictate where you are at all given times. But yeah, so Ashlyn is here and we are going to talk about the newest version of a longtime fairy tale classic, Cinderella. This version stars Camilla Cabello, Edina Menzel, Minnie Driver, Nicholas Galatzin, Billy Porter, and Pierce Brosnan. It is directed by Kay Cannon and written by Kay Cannon. And it is, of course, based by the fairy tale, or based on the fairy tale, rather, uh, by Charles Perrault. What's it about? A modern movie musical with a bold take on the classic fairy tale, our ambitious heroine has big dreams, and with the help of her fab G, godmother, she perseveres to make them come true. All right, Ashlyn, so going into this, I will start off by saying I had very low expectations. The marketing was not prominent, and I was pretty hesitant of the movie because it was casting this person named Camilla Cabello, who is a pop star that I have never heard of, honestly, <laughs> until she got cast in this movie. So I was a little nervous thinking, oh, we're just going to try to capitalize on some modern, you know, music and try to make some money off of the fact that it's called Cinderella, basically, without really doing anything interesting or new. And so I came away incredibly incredibly surprised and i absolutely loved it and so i want to of course start by talking about some of the things that we like and i want to ask you what you liked what was what stuck out to you the most as things that were enjoyable about this movie yeah so one of the things that i definitely enjoyed for this one was the music actually kind of like the last time that you and i talked about a musical on the podcast it didn't really have any super like catchy stuck in your head kind of songs like a lot of musicals that I'm used to, which may be like a trend at this point. But it was really fun and loud and it just was all around like a really good time because all the music was really upbeat and kind of exciting. So it really got you like moving, you know, laughing and it was just a really good time. Yeah. So I'm actually I guess that makes sense that you would say maybe it wasn't super catchy because the music is largely covers it's remixes of classic songs some of them are more recent than others they range across many different genres they go back at least a few decades i and then there's a couple of camilla cabello originals in there as well specifically one extremely like ballad like song uh, which really is kind of like a showcase type of music number for a musical mm -hmm. and 
I personally really enjoyed them. So the the way the film kind of progresses through, it uses the lyrics of the songs, like a musical should, to kind of tell the story at any given time. And there's a lot of choreography, a lot of dancing going on to that. Were you a fan of the dance numbers? Oh, yeah, I absolutely was. I love like the large scale, everybody running around, jumping and doing like the coordinated things. Even you saw me during the movie, like kind of bobbing my head a little bit, you know, getting into the getting into the rhythm. But yeah, I definitely really liked the music or the dance numbers part of the um, the musical. Yeah. So I, I think that the production value really goes into that as well, because the movie is extremely, you know, it's set in Cinderella's kind of typical idyllic little village with the castle up on the hill. So it's very, it's not modernized in that it's a telling of Cinderella in an urban setting or anything like that. It's fantasy, but you know, you get really cool costumes. The dresses in particular in this one, I thought were (laughs) really gorgeous, really lavish, which goes to speak. I think the Cinderella we have in this film is a dressmaker. That's kind of the dream that she's pursuing and wants to be, which makes sense, right? For this type of story and for what we know Cinderella to be. Yeah. I, so I loved it. I actually came home or got into my car and immediately pulled up Spotify looking for this soundtrack as compared to the previous film we were talking about in the Heights, where I wasn't compelled to do that. And I was bummed when I found out that the soundtrack for this version of Cinderella, of course, well, it's not out yet because the movie's not out. This is one of the drawbacks of seeing things early because I really liked it. And I wanted to listen to these remixes and and songs all over again. It it was infectious for me. I think the high energy of it, the audience participation was there. So you had a lot of humor and you had people laughing and people singing along. And I think that the music spanning multiple generations is a plus because this feels like a real family film. And so whereas your parents aren't going to recognize some of the more modern songs that they use, the parents are going to understand like when Queen comes on um, and and stuff like that. And so I think it's it's a way to bring people together. Did you so what about the messaging of the movie? Did, was that like a plus for you? I did you that it was... like the new way, version of the story. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. I definitely like a lot of people when I saw the trailer for this one was like, oh, it's Cinderella, but with, you know, a black drag queen as the godmother, right? And I think it did, it definitely twisted the story around in a way that while it was still more modernized and like more diverse of a cast and, you know, a little bit less, I guess, fairy tale-esque, it still definitely was a really good message i think i think they did it in a good way instead of just trying to twist it and make it more modern just to get some money out of it i did actually really enjoy it yeah well so i did too and i have already seen lots of criticism of it online because that's how people are and Mm -hmm. i kind of wanted to push back on that a bit because it, it makes me wonder what people want we all say we want progressive storytelling and we want things to move forward well they move it forward I mean, this movie is very to the point about promoting, you know, chasing your dreams over forcing romance when it's mm-hmm. not right for you. It's, you know, loving in the way that you love. It's putting the right person for a job in the position to run 
the job, right? Like it's yes. regardless of gender or anything else. And, and I think that it does a really good job of like balancing that while still being a romantic fairy tale, because it could have gone, there was points in this when I honestly thought we were going to just totally like divert from the typical ending of Cinderella. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, is she just not going to end up with the prince, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the way that it kind of brings things together in the end, I personally really liked it. And I thought, look, it's a family movie. And sometimes we don't need to be subtle about the messaging. Sometimes we can call a spade a spade and we can be like, look, this is not how we treat people. <laughs> and yeah. yes, just because, you know, and, and they do it kind of in a humorous way. They pay, poke fun of it. But, you know, just because you are, you know, a, a lesser class person doesn't mean you have any less right to have a dream to become a dressmaker or a yeah. business person, as it may be. I also liked that the stepmother and the stepsisters were a little less villainy. And I thought mm -hmm. that they kind of, in the end, had a nice little arc of their own. Because they're, t specifically the stepsisters, are very typically, in every Cinderella movie, they are like, vicious and vindictive. And, and in this movie, I didn't get that vibe from them at all. They definitely kind of see themselves as a little better than Ella, but they don't, they also kind of respect her. Like they, they feel like she's their sister in a way that it's, I wasn't used to. Adding on to that, that definitely surprised me as well. I did not expect the stepsisters to be as kind and like, I guess, sisterly as they were. It definitely seemed like they didn't absolutely hate Ella necessarily as much as they sort of tried to do what their mother wanted them to do but like when they were alone with her it wasn't nearly as like vindictive as you said as like in the original movie which was definitely a plus because i think they're definitely trying to steer away from kind of the negative stuff that was in the original movie like that yeah i mean everybody has a redemption to them to them in this movie and i think that that's important that's the story that i want to see and i thought because of that it was neat to to see this ta timeless tale that has been told a gazillion times and have it truly updated. It's the same general arc of the movie, but yet it's it puts our care it leaves our characters in a place where everyone is better, and 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 it kind of is inspiring for anybody watching it to see because you're not watching it to just get a warm fuzzy and hope that a random prince falls in love with you, and so therefore you get to not you know, be in the basement anymore. Like it has nothing right. to do with that. That's not the reason he likes her. Um, and I thought, I thought Camilla Cabello did a great job, honestly. And I think that there's a good chemistry there. I think all the singing was really, really enjoyable, really good. I, I, I actually liked the comedy for people who hate James Corden. And I know there are a bunch of people who hate James Corden, you know, whatever. I won't fight you on that right now. I disagree, but I think he's good in musicals. And I thought he was used in a very reserved way here uh, he's one of the three mice the mice talk when they're animated as well and the mice are a hoot the, the mice got a ton of laughs out of the mm -hmm. audience i thought that they were a highlight personally yeah for sure i thought that the mice were really great uh they definitely added to the humor quite a bit and i think that that part of the movie just the fact that it was so much a comedy as well as just being that timeless fairy tale 
definitely did add to the appeal of it, especially like the kids in the audience next to us that were, you know, kind of talking about like, oh, look, you know, they're they're she's good. How is she going to get the dress and all those things? It definitely added to the experience a lot, having all of the that humor and like comedy in the movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. So, I, yeah, for me, it was it was just great. I was blown away by it, really. So surprised. I want to watch it again as soon as I can. I don't have a ton of nitpicks. Uh, was there anything that stuck out to you that you didn't particularly like about it or that maybe held it back from being in that pantheon of great musicals for you? I would say if I don't really think there was anything that necessarily held it back. I did really like it. It just isn't necessarily in that pantheon of great musicals for me, not because there was anything specific I didn't like, but just because it was, I guess, less my style than some of the musicals that I like. A lot like In the Heights with this one, every single musical number is a huge production where there is every person singing and it's got like 15 layers of background music and vocals and all things like that, which does work really well for this movie and it definitely fits like the type of movie that it is, but it wasn't really my, like I, there wasn't any sort of song that really stuck out to me as being like one song that I really like and can like sing over and over again. So I guess that would be my really only thing, but that's not really a nitpick or a dislike. I just didn't have any specific songs that I really liked in this movie. Okay. Well, that's fair. And I think that I probably would agree in a way. And I, I say that because I came off of it on such a high and I came home and I was like, I need more musical in my life. And so I rewatched Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, I bought it a while back. And so I decided I would check out the extended cut of that one. And what I realized while watching that was the songs being originals mattered. So while I did love the experience of Cinderella all the way through. And it it is a favorite of the year for me. And it will be a movie that I want to own or be able to watch again and again. I actually would enjoy that. There is something that holds it back from greatness because it's not their music most of the time. So it's, you know, it, there's just, it's just different. It's just different when the songs are originals for me and, and I, and I love them both. Those, the combination of that is something that is really special. Other than that, I didn't have, again, many nitpicks at all in the storytelling or the movie. I, I thought it flowed really, really well, and I, I just am really high on it. And, I, and I'm hoping that people get a chance to see it. I was bummed to learn that I was the only Seattle film critic in the screening. We, we were told that as we walked in. Hopefully, there are a couple of others, at least, that maybe... <laughs> viewed a screening link and are going to review this. I want to see it get more praise. And I think that it's important that people understand the frustration I have already is that it's going to get compared to in the Heights and West side story, which is coming out later this year. And my goodness, there's two more musicals coming just this month. We have everybody's talking about Jamie and then we have dear Evan Hansen, which is my most anticipated of all of these. And this is different. It's a different vibe. And the thing is, like, they can all exist to serve different audiences. And they can all be fun and exciting. And if it's fun and enjoyable all the way through, then why are you going to trash it? There's literally no reason to do that. And and it doesn't have to be a dramatic, life-changing masterpiece in order to be an enjoyable movie and be worthy of positive comments and promotion. And so 
anyway, I, I just really like it a lot. And uh, I'm excited for people to get a chance to see it. So I'll ask you, would you recommend people check this out? It will be streaming on Amazon Prime Video on September the 3rd. It won't be in the theater. So it's either you have Amazon Prime and you watch it for free or you rent it on Amazon Prime. Do you think it's worth that? I would say if you have like kids or any sort of family, I would say it's definitely worth going to see in the theater just because as I was saying earlier, like when we were in the audience with everybody else all together, we definitely got an extra like added piece to that experience with people laughing and, you know, the other other audience members like kind of dancing in their seats and all the other kids kind of like laughing and enjoying different things about the movie. So I would say for like a family I would definitely recommend the... Oh, no, you said it can't even be in the theater. <laughs> Just kidding. I would say it's definitely worth watching with your family if you can. And I guess I would say stream it if you're also able to. But, yeah, I would say I definitely do recommend the movie. Just especially to families, but really to anybody. It is a really, like, um, upbeat and exciting kind of family movie that anybody can enjoy. Well, actually, I'm going to have to take that back. It looks like I was wrong. It looks like it actually is going to have... Ah. Perfect. A limited run in theaters. So your answer stands. You yes. would say the theater, if you have a family, it's worth seeing in the theater. Otherwise, it's good to watch at home. Yes. I would say the same thing. I actually really enjoyed my theater viewing of this because, again, like you pointed out, just that crowd aspect of it. And you're not going to most people who go see this movie are going to be like the people that saw it with us last night. They're there because they know what to expect and they're there because they enjoy this kind of movie. So a lot of times when I see movies like this, I see them in a press screening with a bunch of press and not everybody likes musicals. So it's a different crowd vibe, but you're going to be seeing it in a theater with people who chose to pay their money to go see it. And therefore, I think you're going to have more like an experience that we ended up having with the fans last night who had a blast. And, and I think it's it looks great. It's visually very, very pretty. It's well done. It's got lots of color. It's vibrant. Again, that energy, the, the music, everything just bounces off the screen. So yeah, I, I say go see it in the theater personally. Uh, but if not, I mean, my goodness, yes, absolutely watch it at home. And it's cool that it's there because you can watch it over and over and over like I plan to do. <laughs> well, that is it for us this time on FF Plus. Thank you everyone for listening. As always, we hope that we have talked about something that has piqued your interest and we would love to hear what you think about the movies we've discussed so you can always hit us up on twitter at feelin film or at black nerd magic you can also join the feelin film facebook discussion group there's a link in the show notes and come chat movies with us all day every day we'll be back soon we have a big old episode of ff plus coming to you next week until then keep feelin film hey everyone thanks again for listening if you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter at Film, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places, and I'd love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter. But be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. 
Until then, stay positive. And keep feeling film.